1: One, if not the biggest draws for the millions of people who move to California, and also the 50, approximately 50 million tourists that visit every year, they visit because of our weather and our beaches. Now, if you were born and raised here, you might take that for granted. But if you're like me and you grew up in another part of the country where it's cold and snowy, you never take it for granted. Amen. Amen. And there's something about the waves that are calming, mesmerizing, soothing, majestic, beautiful, addictive-like. I never, ever, ever get tired of watching the waves crash or listening to that sound. Amen. And just so you know, every time you're ever at the beach... I want you to know that it all comes from God. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 22. God said, should you not fear me, declares the Lord. Should you not tremble in my presence? Why? Because he said, I am the one that made the sand. The Bible says, God said, I made the sand, a boundary for the sea, an everlasting barrier it cannot cross. The waves may roll but they cannot prevail. They may roar, but they cannot cross it. Psalm chapter 19 says that God reveals himself in creation. And there are three things that I want to teach you that I learn whenever I'm at the beach. The first one might be obvious if you're taking notes, and that is that we serve a God who is a creative God. It's what he does. It's his nature. It's his character I want you to think about it, that everything on this earth that you have ever seen was created in six days. The oceans, the mountains, the stars of the galaxy, the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, Yosemite, the Niagara Falls, the hills here in Porter Ranch, the seven continents, North and South America, Europe, Africa, Asia, the seven seas and the five oceans, the beaches, the sand, the waves, and all of humankind he created in just six days. Did you know that the earth is covered 70% of the earth surface of the earth are the oceans and less than 5% of the ocean has ever been explored? Did you know that nearly 94% of all life on earth exists in the oceans? Did you know that between 70 and 80% of the oxygen that we need to survive is produced by marine algae in the ocean? And right now, while you're sitting here, the earth is spinning on its axis at 1,000 miles an hour. And as we're spinning like this 1,000 miles an hour, the earth is also rotating around the sun, traveling through space, traveling at 67,000 miles per hour, almost 70,000 miles per hour we're traveling right now. And you're just sitting here. Did you know that the tides are a battle between the gravitational pull of the earth against the gravitational pull of the moon and the earth always wins? That scientists still today do not and cannot fully explain gravity. They think they know, but they just don't know. Did you know that there are 400 billion stars in our one galaxy, but this is just one galaxy. We know that there are at least 200 billion other galaxies. We really don't know how many galaxies there are. Did you know that the sun is 93 million miles away, but the sun is so massive that 1.3 million earths could be placed inside the sun? Did you know that if all of your DNA inside your body was taken out and stretched and put in strands, the DNA strands in your body, if they were laid end to end, it would go for 34 billion miles long? I'm telling you that God is a creative God. And I want you to write this down. It speaks to the fact that He, God, can do anything. I mean, when you study creation, it is beyond human understanding. And you realize in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 12, that the Bible says that God holds the entire universe just in the palms of His hand. It speaks that He can do anything because He's creative, He is sovereign, He's all knowing, He's detailed, He understands. It means that your impossible situation is always possible with the Lord God by your side. It means that when you can't figure out anything in your life, that God has everything figured out. I just want you to know and understand that whatever situations you are facing today, that it does not surprise God. It doesn't baffle God. It it, it does not stress God out. We serve a God who specializes in the impossible. All you have to do is ask Abraham and Sarah in Genesis chapter 17. Sarah was over 80 years of age when she, when God blessed her with a son named Isaac, you ask her if God specializes in the impossible. Ask Balaam and Balaam in Numbers chapter 22, verse 28, when he looked for a, over and he saw his donkey and his donkey started talking in the Hebrew language. If God specializes in the impossible, ask the Israelites in Exodus chapter 14, verse 22, when their backs were up against the Red Sea and Pharaoh and the entire Egyptian army was about to attack them. And God just opened up the Red Sea and they escaped walking across a dry riverbed. Ask them if God specializes in the impossible. And ask the Virgin Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 34, when she had never ever been with a man, yet she gives birth to the baby Jesus. Ask her if God specializes in the impossible. And ask the lame man who was healed in John chapter 5 or the blind man in Luke chapter 18 who received his sight if God specializes in the impossible. And while you're at it, you might as well turn right on over there to john chapter 11 there's a man named lazarus who had been rotting in the grave for three days and jesus raised him from the dead why don't you ask oh lazarus if god specializes in the impossible whatever problem you're worried about here today god has a million different ways to solve that problem jesus said in luke chapter 18 these words verse 27 what is impossible with man Is possible with God. We serve a God who specializes in the impossible. The second thing I think of when I'm standing there on that shore is the faithfulness of God. Had I stood here 100 years ago, I would have been looking at these waves. Uh, If I was here 500 years ago, I'd have been looking at these waves. If I'd been standing here 5,000 years ago, I'd still be looking at these waves. And it causes me to think of the faithfulness of God that when I look at the consistency of the waves, I'm reminded of the consistency of the Lord God that we serve. How day after day, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, century after century, God is a faithful God. The writer of Lamentations in chapter 3, verse 22 and 23, he says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. He should turn us all into French fries. That's what we deserve. (laughs) But His compassions never fail. Verse 23 says, they they are new, His compassions. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The writer of Exodus, Exodus 34, verse 6, the Lord is a compassionate and he's a gracious god he is slow to anger he's abounding in love and abounding in faithfulness the psalmist writes in psalm 90 verse 2 before the mountains were born or you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting you are god the writer of isaiah pens these words in isaiah 25 verse 1 o lord you are my god I will exalt you, and I will praise your name, for in perfect faithfulness you have done marvelous deeds. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 10, these three words, God is faithful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, the one who calls you is faithful. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3 reads, the Lord is faithful faithful we all know the words in hebrews thirteen eight that says jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever oh i've got good news that god does not change like shifting shadows and when you look at those waves coming one after another i want you to be reminded of the faithfulness of god and it speaks write this down to the truth that his love endures forever his mercy endures forever his goodness endures forever day after day moment after moment he's speaking this truth that he loves you that he cares for you that he's providing for you that he's gracious to you, that he is good to you. And whenever you see those waves and you listen to the calming consistency of those waves, remember that all of creation was for you, for your enjoyment, for your good pleasure. And God gave you eyeballs so that you could see those waves. God was the one that put taste buds on your tongue just so that when you ate a strawberry, you could go, ooh, that's pretty good. And the next day, you could eat chocolate and say, that's pretty good. And the next day, you eat a taco. And from the next day, for the rest of your life, you eat tacos. Tacos. All of this planet, according to the story of creation, was for you because He's a good, good Father. And even today, He's still not finished creating this very moment. For the last 2,000 years, Jesus has been in heaven, working on your eternal mansion, a place called heaven. I want you to know, to remember, to thank, to acknowledge when you're standing at that beach and you're marveling at His beauty, I just want you to know that He loves you. He loves you yesterday. He loves you today. He's going to love you tomorrow. He loves you for all of eternity. And the most amazing, one of the most amazing verses in the Bible, 2 Timothy 2, verse 13, that says, even when we are faithless, He will Remain faithful. Oh, that, that, that gave me goosebumps right there. Greater than the ocean, greater than the mountains, greater than all the flowers, greater than all the stars, is the love of God. Why, there is nowhere you can run. There is nowhere you can hide that is beyond the love of God his love now we know this a high definition resolution picture of god's love is when we see his son jesus christ dying on a cross with his blood shed for our sins that's the greatest picture of love and yes that happened 2000 years ago and that yes that's a long time ago that He gave up His Son so that you might be redeemed, that you might be restored, that you might be saved, that you might be forgiven, that you might be cleansed. But I want you to know that the cross was not just a one-time thing. That every day, every day, like the waves that fall across the shores around the entire world is the love and the provision and the grace of God that just washes over you. From now until the end of time. And there is no end of time. Number three, I think of the power of God. I think of the creativity of God. I think of the faithfulness of God. But I also think about the power of God. I want you to go back to the first time you ever saw the ocean. Do you remember the first day? Little tiny wave, and you were scared out of your mind. Oh, what is this? Oh, it's a wave. Well, yeah. You want to walk out, yeah, walk out. Me, walk out there. I don't know. I don't know. This is like it's a wave. It's like that high. <laughs> but even though the wave was that high, you could feel the energy in that wave. You you could sense the power of God in a little tiny wave. And you go, go on, go on. No, no, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared put your foot in the sands moving oh my What come on come on get in get in get in in. you remember that day and then finally you got used to that little wave and all of a sudden you began to look at the vastness of that ocean and you started to think that the earth that the earth is three-fourths of the surface of the earth is covered by this this thing called an ocean and all of a sudden you saw you started to begin to understand the size and the scope of an almighty god I can't help but think about how powerful God is. Yes, He's creative when I look at that. Yes, He's faithful. But I stand in awe of God's power when I see those waves. And so on one hand, I have this respect. I can't help. I just have respect for God. I honor God. I revere God when I see the work of His hand. I'm reminded that this is His world and I'm just living in it. But it speaks to this fact, write this down, that as a child of God, I have absolutely nothing to fear. That as His son, as His daughter, I have nothing to fear. There is nothing in your life that is beyond God's ability to handle. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's omnipresent. He is in all places. And He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. I want to show you a a little small story in the Bible. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 4. There was no way I could speak on this story of the beaches in California without talking about this small story. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus, everybody say Jesus, had just got in a little boat with his disciples and they headed across what's called the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee, the weather there is kind of like what it's been around here. It can be sunny, and then just the next moment it starts to rain. Jesus got in this boat, and they're sailing across the Sea of Galilee. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 4, verse 37, that a furious storm came up. And the Bible says that the waves, broke over the boat so that the boat was nearly what? It was about to sink. And the next verse, just for me, is one of the funniest verses in the Bible. You might not see any humor in it whatsoever. But while this boat is about to sink, the Bible says in verse 38 that Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Now, you gotta know boats back in those days were just these little wooden little wooden boats, but somehow Jesus had a cushion. And he was up there just snoring away. And the Bible says that the disciples they woke him up and said to him, Teacher! Don't you care? We're going we're gonna to drown and you're up there sleeping on your little cushion. <laughs> you ever said that to God? God, I'm about to drown here. What are you doing up there? He got up, verse 39, and he rebuked the wind. And he said to those waves, Quiet, shh, 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 be still. And the Bible says that the wind died down and it was completely calm. There wasn't even a, there wasn't even a ripple on the Sea of Galilee. I think he, he said, quiet, be still. So they'd be quiet so he'd go back to sleep on his cushion. <laughs> but he turns to his disciples and here's the lesson for them and the lesson for us. He asked them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still, do you still have no faith? Haven't you seen me perform these miracles? I have performed miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. miracle. And now you need one. And you wake me up from my nap (laughs) because you think that this problem of yours is beyond my ability to control the same story over in Luke chapter eight, Luke, Luke records it as this. Jesus asked this question, where is your faith? The Bible says in fear and amazement. They asked one another, who is this guy? That he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. I want you to know that the disciples get a little bit of credit, credit not much, not much credit, just a little bit of credit because they knew who to go to. But they had no faith to believe that God could actually solve their problem circumstances and I know there are those people here today I know I know there are people here today who the storm clouds are swirling and the waves are about to swamp over your life and your health is failing and your finances are in shambles and your marriage is on the rocks. And your child has become a prodigal child. And your world appears to be crashing in around you. And I think, I believe, that at least you got a, enough sense to know who to go to. Because you're in church here today. You, you are in church, right? So I think you have enough sense to know who to go to but my question is, do you have faith to believe that God can change your circumstances? Do you believe that? And I, I just hope that today that the nature of God, the character of God, that He's the creator God of the universe, that when you walk around this planet and you understand that this is all just in the palm of his hand and you look at his the faithfulness of god and you begin to understand that he loves you and that his love endures forever and that he's faithful to bless you and he's faithful to sustain you and he's faithful to save you and i hope when you understand the size and the scope and the vastness and the power of almighty god that it speaks to the fact that you have absolutely nothing to fear in this life i hope that it would cause you to run down this aisle and to surrender your life to a god like that
0: Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.